Hello, and welcome back to episode 133 of Talk of Fame Podcast with your host, Kai Martini. And I'm super excited to have on actress, comedian, presenter, producer, and writer, Amber Doy Thorne. Thanks so much for coming on, Amber. Thank you for having me, Kai. I'm very excited. Also, congratulations. 133 episodes is a lot. So you're smashing it. Well done. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And congratulations to you. Like, you came out with a new film called Wayne the Pooh, Blood and Honey, right? Yeah, so it came out in Mexico on, I think, the 26th of January. And then it came out pretty much worldwide. So uh, the Netherlands, Australia, New Zealand, Central America, South America, and Canada on, I think it was the 15th of February. And it comes out in the UK this Friday. So we kind of covered the whole world, which I don't think anyone expected when we made this like low budget independent movie. So it's been incredible and overwhelming in like the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Like where did you guys uh, film at? Did you guys film in England or you guys filmed like all over? Yes, yeah, so we filmed in England. We filmed um, somewhere called Ashdown Forest. And what's really nice is the forest where we filmed in is actually the forest that 100 Acre Woods was based on. Um, so A.A. Milne apparently had been there at some point. And yeah, so we were filming technically in the fictional forest, which was actually there, which was very cool. <laughs> That's amazing. And like if people like haven't seen a movie or if it's like coming out in different countries and stuff, I know it's out in some countries, but like what can people kind of expect about your role in the film? Uh, So my role in the film, I play a character called Alice, and she goes through a real journey in the film. Um, She's basically going through a really tough time with her girlfriend at the start of the film. Um, Alice is out of the closet. She's very comfortable with her sexuality, but this is her girlfriend's first relationship. So she's still kind of taking everything really slow, trying to adapt to this new relationship. And Alice is just trying to, you know, like hold her hand and guide her through it. But Alice is very anxious, I would say. So she has this underlying anxiety throughout the film. And in the trailer, we see that Alice's girlfriend, Zoe, actually gets killed by Piglet in the pool. Uh, Zoe's the one who gets hit in the head with a sledgehammer and she dies. So the rest of the film, Alice is basically seeking revenge against Piglet. Um, And she's one of the only human characters to kind of stand up uh, to poor Piglet, which was really nice as an actor to have the opportunity to have a face off with like such a famous childhood character. And I loved Mm. Winnie the Pooh when I was younger. So even just being a part of this was amazing. Mm-hmm. like how long was like the filming process like th- like did it take a couple months weeks like because i know like for some movies it takes years and years to like film and yeah. get the movie <laughs> and everything like that because i know like for the greatest showman which is a musical for disney i know it took like seven years to get made yeah okay first of all that film is incredible i love oh, yeah. Hugh jackman i think he's so talented mm-hmm. um so this was super super fast in comparison our principal filming block was actually 10 days so we shot the entire film in 10 days start to finish and then when um the producer released some stills online some stills from the film and then the trailer there was so much publicity and so much excitement that the mm-hmm. distributors actually gave the production company a bigger budget and said you know why don't you reshoot some of the film you know add in some exciting things to kind of make it higher production value. Uh, So we had, I think in total, three sets of reshoots. I was only involved in one of those. So in total, I think it was probably about 16 days of filming, but originally we did it all in 10 days, which is insane. (laughs) It was, it was very, very intense, but I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Like, I know you said like you watch Winnie the Pooh when you're young, like, did you see all the Winnie the Pooh films like before filming, or you just watched like only a couple, like, a couple of films? I know like, when uh, I was young, I watched Winnie the Pooh a lot when I was a kid. I remember. Yeah, so when I was a child, I was 
in love with Winnie the Pooh. So I had all of the cuddly toys, I had like the games, I had the movies, I had everything. So when I was younger, I watched them all. And then as an adult, I wouldn't say that I've rewatched them at all, really. Um, however, I did recently see the film Christopher Robin um, oh. before I was cast in this film. And I loved that. So when I was cast in this, I was like, right, let me just watch that again, just to get another feel, even though obviously I don't play Christopher Robin or Pooh or Piglet. I thought, let me just refresh my memory for the whole history. Um, because this film does kind of use the same history in the sense that Christopher's grown up um, with Pooh and Piglet as his friends. Um, so I rewatched that and that's a fantastic film and I felt like that really helped me kind of get on the right vibe. Mm, yeah, yeah, Christopher Robbins is such a good movie. Like I remember, like I, I haven't yes. seen it in a long time. I only saw it like once in theaters. Like it's mm. an amazing film. I think like they should come out with kind of more movies like that, I feel. Yeah, I would love that. I think... Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey is nice in a way because it's like a horror twist on a classic tale. And what I liked about Christopher Robin is instead of having like an animated children's tale, the fact that it was like the true life story behind how those characters were created, I thought that was so powerful. And I found it really interesting just because obviously those characters were so important to me when I was a child. So now being able to watch the Christopher Robin movie and understand the process of how those characters came into being, I would love it if there were more films like that for other cartoon characters and, you know, these other fictional characters that we have as children. I think that'd be really, really interesting. So it'd be nice if there's more films like that coming out. Mm -hmm. And, like, with Wayne DePoo filming your character, like, I have, like, all, like, part filming. I know you said it was kind of like a short process filming and it takes that long filming. But, like, what is, like, your favorite part about portraying your character? Because I know, like, with being Wayne DePoo, it's such an honor to kind of be like a, such a legendary film and stuff like what is like kind of like your favorite part about shooting in portraying character so, so i think you've just took the words right out of my mouth in the sense that it was such an honor to be a part of this film because obviously the winnie the pooh characters came into public domain in january 2022 and we filmed in i think it was may 2022 um so we were the first per first people in the world to use this new IP and use these characters. And to me, that was such a big honor, the fact that I was able to become a little, a little piece of the Winnie the Pooh history. Um, and the fact that I have the opportunity to play this really strong LGBT character as well, that in itself was an honor. Um, I think representation is so important in every respect of the word with regards mm -hmm. to gender, sexuality. So to me, I felt very, very grateful to be involved in the project and to be able to bring like such a wonderful character to life mm, and like i want to kind of switch over a bit and like you are do a lot of hosting interviews and stuff like yes. that and <laughs> you have interviewed film stars such as emily blunt rebecca ferguson john cena and former u.s vice president al gore and so much more which i'm so jealous of like <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible like how do you prepare for interviews with these big stars like for me like if i got interviews with big stars like these people i would like pass out like i'd be like this can't be happening right now man i mean don't get me wrong when i had my first interview i think i was very nervous so my first ever interview was with nina Dobrev from the vampire diaries mm -hmm. and i grew up watching that tv show so i was so nervous but the excitement overruled the nerves so i i did the interview and she was so sweet and so humble she offered me a cup of tea as soon as i sat down and i think in that moment when she offered me tea i was like she's just human at the end mm -hmm. of the day she is a human and all of a sudden i just felt really comfortable and i was like oh okay she's really down to earth i think we have a tendency to put celebrities and actors on this pedestal and we think oh maybe they're not approachable and they're not easy to talk to but 
everyone that I've had the privilege of interviewing, they've been so generous with their time and so kind and so sweet. And after my first interview, I just realized that they, they want to be there. You know, they want to talk to you as much as you want to talk to them because they're passionate about their craft and filmmaking and they want people to go and see their film and hopefully enjoy watching it as much as they enjoyed making it. And as soon as I understood all of that, my nerves kind of went away. And I did a junket the other day. I interviewed Ariana Greenblatt for the new 65 movie. And she's only 15 years old. She's incredible. She's doing all sorts. She's in Barbie and there were no nerves and she was such a delight to interview. So I think it's one of those things where the more you do it and the more you put yourself in kind of uncomfortable situations that make you nervous, the more that you adapt. And eventually it'll get to a point where something clicks and then the nerves just go away. Mm -hmm, exactly. Like, I like what you said, because like, even like if you interview some big stars, whether it's like someone you'd like, or even they're not that big. Like I have interviewed some people that I liked and like, like you get so nervous that you're like, oh my God, like you forget like they're actually humans. Like us, yeah. like they're actually <laughs> exactly. normal human beings, even though they might have a lot of people that know them or they might get recognized a lot and stuff like that. Like, that doesn't make them less human. Of course, they might get more attention than us, but like it's less like it's kind of like just still the same person like the same person as us but more attention. And like even if like you're interviewing big stars, it feels like oh my God, like I want to pass out. I'm so nervous. But like when you talk to someone so humble or like when you sit down and start talking before the interview, like your nerves all go away. Like it's like all gone that you even forget you're doing an interview. Exactly. And I think what you just said is so important. Anytime I do an interview, I always try and take just one minute before the interview to, you know, whoever I'm interviewing, just to ask them like, how are you? How was your day? Like, what have you been up to? If it's an in-person interview in London, I'll just say, have you had time to do any sightseeing? You know, just break the ice and ask them normal questions. Not the type of questions that actors get asked all the time. Like, oh, how did you get into the industry? And, oh, can I be in your next film? No, just very, very chilled, like human to human. How are you? How was your day? What have you been doing? And as soon as I started doing that, I noticed it really did break the ice. And then once the actual recorded interview started, they seemed to be much more at ease. Because um, I've seen some interviews sometimes where you can tell people haven't had that. And then the first minute is a bit stilted in a way. And it's like the, the people, the interviewer and the interviewees are just getting used to each other. So I think that's my piece of advice to anyone who wants to do interviews. Always try and take even one minute beforehand. Uh, kind of just like we did, you know, mm -hmm. like, hey, how are you? Yeah, good. How's your day? Good. Uh, it makes a difference, I think. Mm, it really does. Because, like, if you like take a minute to be like, hey, how, how are you? How's your day? Or whatever you want to say, like it just puts like shows that you really cared and this puts kind of like everyone out flaws and make sure to get the conversation going because if you don't do that people might not feel comfortable during the interview exactly. or they might still be very nervous and don't know really what to say in that situation yeah no 100% agree with you <laughs> and like what is like the biggest lesson you learned while interviewing all these big stars over the course of the last couple of years Mm -hmm. um so what I would say that I've learned personally is I think I learned this when I interviewed the cast of Mission Impossible a couple of years ago and I flew very very lucky um I was flown to Paris and I interviewed them in France for their Paris junket on behalf of Real D 3D which is a 3D distributor in the United Kingdom for cinema so when you go to watch something uh, in the cinema in 3D it's Real D 3D and then the next day I flew back to England and I interviewed the cast again in London for my own social media channels. And 
it was really interesting because when I was in Paris, I was asking questions for a company and they were very standard, straightforward questions. Like, you know, tell us about your role. What was your favorite moment from filming? Um, like the, the things that you see all the time in movie interviews. But when I do interviews, I try to do something different. So I'll, I'll play a game like, okay, out of all of the cast, you know, who's most likely to do this? Who's most likely to do that? Um, or just something which brings out the personality a little bit. And the key thing I've noticed is that Actors will be doing junkets all day, sometimes for maybe eight or nine hours, and they get asked the same questions a lot, like a lot. So I think if you can ask something which is different, which they may not have been asked before, the response that you get is really lovely and you can kind of see the surprise on their face. And it's like, all of a sudden they can just speak freely because I think a lot of the answers have been prepared and they're regurgitated so regularly. Sometimes it, it, it feels like people are just kind of saying it on like autopilot. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I think the key thing that I've learned is that at the end of the day, when the, the celebrities are doing these interviews, it, it is a job to them. But I think it's nice to try and bring some fun to it uh, and bring something exciting. So I, I like to do, like I said, like uh, fun concepts or games. And from what I found, people seem to really enjoy doing that and also watching it. Mm -hmm. Like I know, like even though like people most likely get the same questions twenty four seven, I know like people often get very annoyed when asking the same exact questions over and over. And that's how, how like, people just get prepared. Like, I have gotten questions, like, when I do interviews or different podcasts or whatever, and I, people always ask me the same question or always, like, yeah. kind of ask similar questions. I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, I already know what the answer is since I answered this question a million times in my head. And, like, I'm, like, okay, this is these questions. I already answered this a million times. But then, yeah. like, at least, like, you're prepared. Like, obviously, if you start something new, be like, hey, like, what's the favorite part about your career? Like, do you have a favorite part about being an actor? Favorite part about, like, your career? Like, what would you be if you were an actor or singer? Like, what would you do if, like, what would you change different in your career? Hmm. That's a good question. I like that. Are you saying that's a question to ask people? Or are you asking me what would I do if I wasn't an actor? Well, both. Like, we can ask, <laughs> we're both. Okay, well, I'm going to ask you the same question in a minute. If you weren't doing podcasts right now, what would you be doing? Um, what would I be doing? So when I went to university, I have a, like a degree in theoretical physics and I'm obsessed with science. So mm -hmm. I think if I wasn't acting, I'd probably be a scientist working in a lab somewhere or in space, maybe being an astronaut, who knows? Um, but otherwise, I love sports and I've been a really keen sportswoman since I was a child. Uh, my mom's a personal trainer, ex-competitive bodybuilder. She's incredible. So I think it would either be science or trying to go down the professional sports route. Now, what about you? I want to know what would you be doing? Ooh, like I like I love that your parent, like your mom does sports. Like I grew up in a sports family as well. So I've obviously we'll probably do something like in the sports industry, um, probably do journalism or something in sports. I I work for a baseball team now, so it's not like I don't work for any sports team or whatever. Yeah. But like if I didn't do podcasting, I would probably Probably be something political, probably. Probably, like, be a political a lobbyist or something like that. I'd probably be something involved in politics or or something in, like, law, I would probably say. Like, something law, maybe, like, a lawyer, um, detective or something like that. Something, like, be... Oh, my God. Can I change my answer to detective? Because I love Sherlock Holmes. I want to be a detective. Okay, I'm going to steal that answer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you ever seen Law and Order SVU? Yes, and it's so good. Oh, Anything yeah. that is to do with lawyers. How did I forget about this? Like, I don't know why, but it's one of those things every time. Like, I used to love suits. I don't know if you've ever seen suits. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, and the whole time I was watching that, I was at university when I started watching it. And I remember thinking, I wonder if I can convert to a law course just from watching that show because it was so interesting and so intriguing. And I just remember thinking that would be a really fun, like maybe in an alternative reality, we're both lawyers, who knows? <laughs> mm, like I know, like with Law and Order, it made me want to be a detective or someone would be like a lawyer or something like that. Like it made me want yeah. to be like a detective, basically off of Olivia Benson. Like Olivia Benson made me want to do that. But she's so fierce and like, like, She's just like it's like she doesn't care what anyone thinks. She just blurts out whatever she thinks. Like she doesn't care what everyone's else thinks. She's just so fierce. And like with um, I don't know if you heard seen the show, but Commander in Chief with um Gina Davis, Donald Sullivan, and some other people. Um, yeah. it's basically like about the first woman president of the United States. And that's how like I want to be in politics and be president or whatever because like. Once I saw that show, I'm like, oh, I want to be president. Like, this is the best, like, <laughs> like I want to do something with politics. And, like, that's kind of how, like, if once you see female-led films or yeah. some films that you feel empowered, it makes you want to be in that career field as well. Like, it just makes you, it motivates you feel you. like something you want to do if you yeah. are already in a different field. You're like, oh, my God, I want to be, like, that person. I want to be in this field. No, I 100% get what you mean. I feel that all the time. And you're so right. It is female driven films and it just gives you this feeling of like hope and that you can be anything that you want to be it, it's amazing mm -hmm. and like like you kind of mentioned earlier you have a bsc degree in theatrical physics and have interviewed al gore former u.s vice president regarding his stance on global warming like did you kind of ever use degree your degree in your career in history or anything like that because i know like sometimes People don't often like use the degrees he graduated and kind of often go into like a different road. Yeah, so my plan was to always have my degree as a backup. Um, so I've wanted to be an actor since I was a little girl, but I know that it, the, the acting career is really difficult and it's not very stable and it doesn't work out for everyone. So I thought this is me as an 18 year old now thinking, trying to be an adult. And I thought, okay, I need a backup plan. So let me get a degree in something that isn't acting. So if acting doesn't work, I can fall back on it. So that's why I ended up studying theoretical physics and because it's something that I love and I'm passionate about. It's something that I haven't really had chance to use. I'm hoping that one day I'll be able to play a physicist or, you know, a cosmologist, and I'll be able to use everything that I learned at university to work on the character. That would be amazing. Um, in some respects, I have been able to use what I learned at university in a certain regard. So I specialized, one of the modules that I did in my final year was computer learning and AI, so artificial intelligence. And a couple of years ago, um, I actually won best actress for this role, which was crazy. It was a triple role. So I played three different roles in this. Uh, it was a short film called Newborn. It's like a sci-fi. And um, I basically played three different versions. So like a V1, V2, V3 of an artificial intelligence. And it was really interesting because I watched loads of other films like Ex Machina, iRobot for inspiration. But I also wanted to take my knowledge from programming computer learning and programming smaller AI devices myself, how it actually works in real life, not in movies. And yeah, it was just really interesting. And that was the first time really that I could use my science background in films, but I'd love to be able to use it more. Or even if someone asked me if there was a sci-fi uh, film coming out and they wanted advice or they wanted, um, you know, to, to fact check anything sciencey, I would love to do that because like space films are one of my favorite types of films to watch. Mm. <laughs>
like what would you like what would you say to that question now I'm kind of curious like how would you say to like anyone being sci-fi movies or anything like that oh what as in if they asked me for like science advice yeah oh I just give it to them so I think um one of my favorite space films is Gravity and I'm just trying to think which other ones there's so many great ones and I remember there was one that I was watching and at the end uh, my favorite scientist is a gentleman called Kip Thorne who's also a theoretical physicist and he's written so many incredible books that I've read um and I saw that he was actually a uh like I don't know what the correct terminology was but he's basically a consultant on one of these huge blockbuster sci-fi films um to make sure that everything that they were doing was factually accurate and made sense like scientifically and I just thought that's so cool being like a scientific consultant on a film I didn't even know that job existed uh so if anyone ever wanted me to do that I would definitely be up for it because it's combining like my two biggest passions which is science and acting <laughs> mm -hmm. and like with like this is kind of switching gears a bit but you're previously commissioned by BBC Three as a comedy performer and and writer like what was working with BBC three impacted your career as a writer and performer like how did it kind of impact your career so it was really interesting because that was my first professional official writing credit so I've been writing and producing and acting in comedy shorts online for years since 2016 um I've been very lucky they've been received really well they've received I think over 100 million views now in about seven years which is crazy um, but it was actually doing those sketches that got the attention of the BBC and then they asked me to commission one and the wonderful thing is that BBC three is a TV channel over here so I have had people approach me and offer me roles in productions because they've seen me on TV or they've seen me on the BBC streaming service which is amazing and I feel very privileged to be able to <clears throat> pardon me I feel very privileged to be able to say to people when I'm applying for a comedy role if they say oh you know have you ever worked with like a TV channel like do you have any mainstream experience and I can say actually yeah I worked on this um show called Laugh Lessons not just as an actor but I actually wrote the episode that I starred in as well um so it's something that I'm very very proud of I tend to do more dramatic acting than comedic acting in my acting career so I wouldn't say it's impacted the uh, drama side too much but on the comedy side it's like I said, it's it's a real privilege and an honor to work with the BBC because in the United Kingdom, they're probably the biggest and one of the oldest TV channels. Mm -hmm. um, so just being able to say that you've worked with them as a writer performer is really, really cool. And I think people, th they really respect it. They really respect it. So yeah, I'm very lucky. Mm -hmm. Like, do you have like any upcoming projects besides like Winnie the Pooh and Honey? Like, are you, are you going to be filming anything in the next couple of months? Yes, so I've got loads of things coming up, which I'm really excited about. Um, last week, I finished filming a short film called In a Spin, uh, which is a rom-com. It's going to be doing the festival circuit this year in the next couple of months, I think. And it's that's a really, really great concept. I just fell in love with the script. It feels very American, even though we filmed it in English, in England with English actors. And it's basically a story of two ex-partners and how they basically, their paths cross six months after a breakup. And it's the battle between their internal emotions versus where they are six months after the breakup so they think that they've moved on and they're happy with their lives but then when they see their ex-partners they realize all these emotions come flooding back and it's them trying to deal um kind of with the discrepancy between the two um aside from that i shot my first um my first day on a new film the other day it's a horror comedy called zombikini which is oh my god the script is hilarious it's what basically the title explains it it's zombies and bikinis which is hilarious uh, so we'll be filming that in summer that's with silent studios they're wonderful i've worked with them a few times 
And I'm also in pre-production on a film called Dying Breed, uh, which I'm working on with my boyfriend, who is also in Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. So that's really nice to be working together again. And it's a Viking film about the end of Slavic paganism. Basically, the film centers around a battle for love, a battle for freedom, and a battle of belief. So there's lots going on, but those are the three core things at the center of the film. And we're, like I said, we're in the pre-production phase. So we're currently looking for investments and funding, and we're hoping to shoot maybe a 15 or 20 minute short film as a proof of concept this summer, which I cannot wait for. I'm very, very excited. Ooh, I can't wait to check those out. Those seem like so interesting. I'm like so desperate <laughs> to like see those now. Like you got me really like into it, like, like dying to watch it, even though like, they're like not really out. Yeah, I'm like, oh my God. No, we haven't even finished making them <laughs> <laughs> i know i'm like what like the last thing i had to like ask you is like what is some advice for your coming like actors or journalists that kind of are like starting out or want to kind of be successful or want to start out but don't know exactly kind of how would you like to start yeah so i think the key okay so two things with regards to maintaining the career, I would say never give up. There's so many rejections in the entertainment industry, whether you're an actor, writer, producer, podcaster, it's more rejections than there is acceptances. And that's really difficult to deal with. And you have to have really, really, really thick skin. So I would say, if you know that you want to work in the entertainment industry, just prepare yourself for a lot of rejection because that's the reality of it but don't get me wrong you still get jobs and when you do get the job that feeling of happiness that you get knowing that you've been cast in something is so wonderful and it's so worth it and that's why there's so many actors out there um with regards to getting started i would say what i find really helpful was kind of doing as much background research as i can so before i came an actor i made sure that i read loads of acting books and i went to drama school i went to rada for three months which is one of the top drama schools in the uk um, I also went to the Beverly Hills Playhouse for a month in America because I wanted to try and learn as many different techniques as possible. And I think just trying to make that you're as well versed as you can be before you put your first, before you kind of take your first step on the ladder, you know, you want to be able to enter the industry with a good knowledge. So I'd say be persistent. Don't give up. Don't let people tell you that you can't do something. If you're passionate and you want to pursue a dream, do it. And if it's meant to be, it will be. That's what kept me going. And also try and have a really good support system around you. So for me, my parents are so incredibly supportive. They're my best friends. I love them to bits. And anytime I don't get cast in a role, they're always there for me to tell me, you know, it's fine. You'll get the next one. And yeah, I think just making sure that you have people around you who understand your passion and they can help you if you're ever having a tough day and, you know, kind of give you that that little ego boost to tell you to keep going that's really really important mm -hmm. that's actually so true like with being in this industry like you're getting more no's and yeses like you're so exactly. like you have to basically be so lucky to basically get yeses yeah. like like with interviews and being a journalist you get more and more no's than like getting yeses mm -hmm. with interviews especially trying to do interviews with big stars like a-listers or people that are so famous is actually so hard trust me like i tried so many times and oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so many no's but it's like it's worth an end though like you think like oh my god like i've got so not many no's like i'm gonna quit like this is crazy like why am i going nowhere but then like like it's like part of the journey like if you yeah no that's okay like it's you better it's what no is for like you you can get no the next couple of months you get yes for something like 
even though he might get more no's, it's it's not gonna stop you from keep keep working. Just keep trying. Like it's even though it can be very very difficult, it's yeah. definitely worth an end. Exactly, but that's the thing. I think no matter how many no's you have to deal with, all it takes is one yes to change everything. Like mm. every A-list actor had that one role that changed their life. Every big interviewer had that one interview that really blew up their career. You know. Oh, mm. oh, sorry, my that was so weird. It just glitched for a second. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, my, my camera's actually so bad. Like it was good. No, it was just really oh. weird. Like the screen went green, and then you were me, and I was you, and it was just so odd. <laughs> but it's actually so bad. That's an odd time. My camera is actually the worst camera possible. <laughs> like I'm serious. It's all good. Um, yeah, I can't remember what I was saying now, but I think I finished what I was saying anyway. <laughs> yeah, like, I just wanted to thank you um, so much for coming on. Um, it was so great. I know it's kind of like a late, a little late for you um, in the UK, oh, so but good. I just wanted to thank you so much for taking your time. Um, and thank you so much um, for everyone to listening and make sure to see you for the next episode. And thank you so much, Amber, for joining. I really appreciate it and love chatting with you. Thank you so much. Of course. Thank you for asking me to be on. It was so lovely talking to you and you're really great at interviewing. So I'm I'm really excited to see where you go and who you interview next. <laughs> Ooh, thanks so much. Same to you as well. I really appreciate it. Thanks of so course. much. Of course. So lovely soon. talking to you. Bye. Bye.